Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the fan that's designed to look like a campfire because it's too hot for fire right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Which may be vintage. <laughs> looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. What do you mean it may be vintage? Uh, we're going to talk about that next week. Oh, oh, yeah. I see. We have something to share with you. Well, if you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, you already you know. You already know. We will discuss that more. And there will, will be an article on our website to go along with it. So, All right. Isn't that cool? And it might relate a little bit to this topic. Kind of, maybe, sort of. <laughs> I see a lot of talk right now about... RVs are just getting thrown together and rushed out there because everybody's tired of waiting for their RV that they ordered. Yeah. Is that true? I want to hope not. Well, okay. <laughs> so here's what we know from our place in the RV industry for whatever that's worth. There are a few contributing factors to why you can't go out and just buy an RV. One is accelerated demand. Yep. With COVID, a lot of people have looked to the RV space and said, that's the way to see the USA. Right. And it's socially distant and it's a great way to do this. And so I want an RV. So that's one factor, increased demand. Yeah. Another factor is decreased supply. Yeah. So manufacturers, obviously don't make their own microwaves, for example. No. They don't make their own stoves or even usually their own couches. For example, Ford has, I don't remember how many F-150s sitting in a lot waiting for computer chips. And supply issues from predominantly China are affecting the availability of parts because nowadays everything has chips in it. Yeah. Your air conditioner, your water heater, your refrigerator, all these automatic systems have chips. Add to that the sudden back supply of chips to there's a huge demand for truckers. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of truckers that are needed in this country are huge. Yeah. So there's container ships upon container ships sitting outside the ports waiting for Waiting for a truck driver to, to pick unload. them up and carry yeah. them off to where they need to be. So so that's another factor. Getting supplies and getting the supplies to the manufacturer. Right. And so there are literally RV factories that are operating only some days of the week. So it's an increase in demand, a decrease in the supply of some. But it's not necessarily that they're being built more quickly and slapped together. Is that happening in some plants? I'm sure it probably is. It probably is. is. But for example, we toured several plants and saw how they operate. And they are every bit as well made as they have been. However, again, they're dealing with these manufacturers building stoves and refrigerators and air conditioners and um, blah, blah, blah. 
who are cranking at full blast as fast as they can. So there may be some issues with quality related to increased demand and production, but I don't think it's as bad as some people say. Now, what is true is there are a lot of people stepping into this RV space who are new to this space. Now, you know, a lot of us, when we thought, oh, we want to be RVers, we did all kinds of research and learned all kinds of stuff about systems and, and all of that. Right. So we were kind of aware that some things in your RV don't work the way that they do in your house. Right. But there's a <laughs> lot of people who are like, I want to buy an RV and did. And aren't familiar with how the different systems work and then the systems didn't work the way they were supposed to and there you go yeah so i am glad i'm not handling the warranties right now <laughs> it's a whole different world and we will go back to whatever normal is eventually but right now the other factor is as there's increased demand and reduced supply in a free market economy what happens prices go up. Yes. So if you're looking to get a great deal on an RV, now is not the time yeah, to do so. Yeah, this is not the time you're going to get a deal. No. I, I mean, I know some dealers have gone all the way up to MSRP. Some have drastically reduced the discounts and the cost of materials has gone up. So prices have gone up too right. for a variety right. of reasons. So anyway, I would say, are RVs being built worse? Not, I wouldn't say that's the vast majority of them, but it is true in some cases. Sure. As always, find your dealer first, do your research, and buy something that is your second RV first rather than the cheapest thing on the lot. Right. Yeah. Do your research and be prepared. And be prepared to wait right now. That's yeah, just a fact absolutely. of life. And used to, I mean, the used market is nuts. Right. So there you go. Um... Have you always um. wondered? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cut out all the ums. You better do oh, something different. But that was a good um. <laughs> well, okay then. Leave it. Have you always wanted to write a book? Sort of. There are a lot of people in this country who have always wanted to write a book. Yeah, like 200 million of them. Exactly. According <laughs> to publishersperspectives.com, over 200 million of you have wanted to write a book. Mark and Julie Bennett from RV Love have Twice. Indeed. Yeah. And so we thought we would talk to them about their newest book, as well as what is the process and tips and tricks for writing your own book. So right after this, we will get a little RV love. Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries and breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. <laughs> we are with Mark and Julie Bennett, who together have produced RV Love, which has spawned two books, a website, YouTube series, and a class online. So welcome, Mark and Julie. Thank you so much for being here with us today. 
Oh, well, it's so much for fun to us. be here with you, Tony and Peggy. Finally, we get to meet through the airwaves. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, according to publishingperspectives.com, over 200 million people want to write a book, but you have done that. Twice. Twice. No. Are we crazy or what? <laughs> well, it's funny. I think it's something that Julie's wanted to do since she was a, was little, a little girl. girl. She was yeah. always really big on reading. And yeah. I, I even remember not long into our RV travels, we went to a how to write a book workshop. and I so went to the workshop. She went to the workshop. <laughs> but the night before, they had like a little welcome thing for you know, friends and family to come along to support you through it. And I guess presumably try to sell them on doing the, the workshop as well. And they did quite a statistic similar to what you shared about the high, high number of people that want to write a book. And we came home and Mark said, you know, I'm just, I'm just not one of those people. <laughs> I'm like, well, you got two now and your name's first. Yeah, you know, two best-selling books I know, in the RV super, space. And, you know, Two very different personalities to those books, too. You know, the first one, Living the RV Life, uh, The Ultimate Guide to Life on the Road, more focused on extended RV travel. And this RV Hacks, the new book, 400 Ways to Make Life on the Road Easier, Safer, and More Fun, is just a, such a much lighter Easy and read. easier read. You know, someone that can just pick it up and... Yeah, yeah pick it up, yeah. flick to any page, any chapter, pull out a hack, you know, and share it with someone, share them around the campfire with friends. Yeah, that's how we picked a few of them up, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see... We all learn from each other, right? right? RV Hacks is a book I would recommend somebody reading with a stack of Post-it notes yeah. because you're going to find some that particularly will help you out and you can put a post-it note on that page and point to it yeah even we do that i've got my copy here right now and it's got all these different color post-it notes because sometimes you know people say well what's your favorite hack in this chapter i'm like oh and i quickly can go to my color-coded post-it notes and it's hard because it's there's so many that there's so many in there it's like well how do you pick that's why when people say what's your favorite hack I'm like oh don't ask me that that's too bad why don't you ask me what my favorite kid is come on right that's yeah, exactly go. right exactly right Peggy. yeah but yeah. writing books writing books are worked well for us you know julie's an amazing writer and we work well together on these projects you know we you know divide and conquer divide and conquer on them and you know the publisher doesn't give us a ton of time on these books <laughs> no, as well. you know, <laughs> we have other friends that are authors and they'll their publishers will say oh yeah so in two years, two years. yeah put together this book and our publisher comes to us and says hey all right, well, you got six weeks. We'd really love to see oh, man. a book on this topic. Sometimes it's less than six So we end up just dropping every single other thing and just focusing entirely on these projects mm-hmm, and work sure. big hours to pull it together. But it, it, we end up, we're really happy and really proud of what we've been able to produce and because it's getting a lot of great reception from both the public and from the industry. And so what is the process of putting together a book? If you ran across somebody in a campground and they're like, man, I always wanted to write a book, what mm. kind of things would you tell them? All right, maybe start here. Well, you know, I think that there are two main different kinds of books. And, you know, some people like like the idea of writing a novel or something that's fiction. And I think that's got a different I would imagine I've never written one, neither of us have, but compared to a nonfiction book, which is what both of ours are, which is usually based on something that you have knowledge and experience about, you know, but then some people might like to write a memoir or a biography or their life experience as well. But no, I would say we've written two books. (laughs) I wouldn't exactly say we're experts, but just sit down and start 
just start writing. I know that sounds simple, but, you know, some people like to have a morning ritual where they like to get up early and that's the quiet hours and you've got a coffee and you sit there and that's when there's no other things to distract you in your life and your day and just to be able to just write that out and get get that out. And I think any kind of book is great to be able to do that for. But if you're wanting to come up with like a structure, I mean, that's what we've done with both of these books is there's a very specific, and because we worked in conjunction with a publisher, which we're fortunate to have had these professionally published by Adams Media, which is a division of Simon & Schuster. So it's a big publishing house and they've got a great team. So we got a lot of guidance. So it was like putting together, well, what's the table of contents look like? So that was actually the first step. What is the table of contents? What are the main areas you want to cover? And then, you know, the main chapters, And then what are the main parts within that chapter? And that really guides and directs the writing. And we've mentioned earlier, just being a team with that, is that Mark's really good at just very quickly producing a first draft of something and just really efficiently getting the the bare bones information together. And I'm kind of, I'm the one that's a bit more verbose. Yeah, <laughs> and you probably true. might have gathered that. And then, you know, I'll flesh it out and I'll bring a bit more of the personality and the conversational style into it. And, yeah, I don't, that's a starting point. Well, and I also think it's important to just sit down with yourself and think of why you want to write a book. Is it something for you that you feel you just need to get out and that or something, like Julie said, something that you have a high knowledge on or something that you believe could help others? You know, mm-hmm. I've got a friend who published a couple books on addiction because he just so passionate about helping people avoid addiction. So you just, I think that'll depend on what you're, why you're wanting to write and whether you're planning on self-publishing or trying to work with a publisher, it's all very different styles to uh, have those different formats. And it's unusual almost nowadays for somebody to have their first book come from a, for lack of a better description, a proper publisher because right. there's so many who self-publish and that's its own discipline, really. Yeah. Well, it really is. And like Mark said, ever since I was a little girl, I've been an avid reader and always knew I'd write books. And I worked in the book industry in Australia like decades ago and worked with a lot of authors and, and promoted other authors. That was but I always since 2008, I'm like, you know what, I want to write my own book. I want to, I want to, but I had no idea of writing anything about <laughs> RVing back then. That was completely it came out of the blue just uh, when the publisher approached us in 2018. But I always assumed that we would self-publish. We always knew we'd write a book or more than one book. And we wanted to do that in the RV space, but you know, it is, it is a big investment of time and energy. And so finding that and carving that out with everything else that you've got going on, like you said, we've got the website and the YouTube channel and the online school. So, but it was actually for the first book, the online school made it a lot easier for the first book because we already had that big body of work. And even though we haven't pulled the content out of there, it's just, it's embodied in a way that you can communicate it in a different high level point in this first book but right you know we thought that we would self-publish because knowing what i know about the industry it's like gosh so few people get a professionally published book these days i'm not even going to try you know yeah. it's too hard. it is unusual yeah so when they emailed literally i'm almost embarrassed to admit how easy it was to <laughs> for them to find us i mean it wasn't easy the process uh, writing the book say, well, no. and also not easy in that we 
had to have created everything we did before. Right, that's what I was going to say. So they found us. So they found us by, they had identified that, okay, this is a growing trend, is RVing. This was back in late 2017. So this is a hot trend. There's not any, they did their research. There's not any book out there by a major publishing house that combines the aspiration and the practical aspects of the RV lifestyle. And we see that there's a gap in the market and then they do their research. And then that's how they found us through our blog and our YouTube channel and our courses and our social media. So they got to know us and to check us out and our, you know, how we communicate, how we write, how we, you know, our personalities. And that was how they reached out. And and of course, you know, we have a following. And so that makes their life easier too, is that they want somebody who has a following that we already had a built-in audience that would be excited about what we created. And that's, so that's worked out really, really well, but we're very aware that it's pretty unusual to get a, like you say, a proper publisher. But I think what's great about it is, you know, it's people can feel confident in the quality of the information and the production. And there's, a, I mean, I think self-publishing is great because there are so many people that can now get their work out there that wouldn't have been able to do it so easily before. And I could see us doing some self-published books down the track sure. too at some point. You know, I think some of the books we have in mind might be smaller or may not qualify for something that a publisher would be looking for. Mm-hmm. But we have the freedom of self-publishing to, to still go do that. And I love that these things are possible now that were not possible, you know, no. 20 years ago. Yeah, but the, but the pro of having it professionally done is that you have all these other copyright editors and fact-checking right. editors, right. so they're double-checking everything, so you have an additional level of confidence in the content. Of- right. Not just a bunch of opinions. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the fact-checking and, st- and editing is is critical and Mm -hmm. i say that because years ago i was in a similar situation in a different industry and was asked to write a book very quickly and i submitted it to a publisher who never edited it oh it was terrible he wrote it assuming it would be edited (laughs) he sent the email out and they printed it (laughs) yeah it was oh it was awful oh it was just bad i'm sorry oh well Oh, that's a funny story. It, it's it is amazing now. how much work goes into the editing, the back and the forth, and the number of the, the edits and, and just things. It's like, wow, they're really, you know, really doing a good job being thorough with this, which we were very impressed with, actually. Yeah. You know, and if there was any question over something, said, well, you know, you've put this one in and we're, we're trying to validate. And I'm like, you know what, just if you're not, Leave that one out then. <laughs> yeah. There's still four in there. Right. <laughs> Fifteen in there. There's plenty. We, I mean, they asked us to do 300 and we kind of, we, we have a tendency to over deliver. <laughs> so they say, we want the book with 300 hacks. Okay, great. So we send them, but we said, well, we've got to be carried away. There's 450. <laughs> I said, but just keep the best ones or some of them might double up. And then they went, actually, no, we like them all. We're going to change the book. Now it's 400 hacks. <laughs> I love it. But they've been good to work with. They've been really good to work with. So are there any writing tools that have really been beneficial to you? Yeah, Mark mentioned that a few years, actually it was back in 2015, I did a, a writing workshop and it was actually called How to Write a Book in a Weekend. It was run by a guy called Tom Bird and we were in Santa Fe and I said to Mark, you know, I've been saying for years I want to write a book and I'm going to go do this workshop because I'm sick of talking about it and not actually doing it. And you, know, you don't literally write a book in a weekend, but you produce so much in terms of word count that it actually it was the equivalent of a book. I think I wrote sixty or 70,000 in over the course of three days. Wow. Words. Wow. But what one of the tools was, it was, believe it or not, I don't know how 
interesting this is going to be everyone listening but it was it was like a med- little meditation actually that you're playing in the background this music and then you set the timer for 15 minutes and then you just either whether you're a handwriter or I prefer typing because I can be a lot faster you just go for it and you go as fast as you can I had this like meditative music on in the background and then I'm just typing 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 and then at the end of 15 minutes you stop because the goal is to get it out as quickly as possible. Now, there's going to be typos and errors and it's not going to be great grammatically correct. That's not the problem. Like the main thing is that you're you're getting in touch with, I don't know this is getting too esoteric, guys, but like a stream of consciousness, you know, where it's like you're, you're bypassing your brain where your brain is trying to analyse and criticise everything and saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, that sounds bad or it should be better. And it's so easy for us to be self-critical and to yeah. judge ourselves. And by practising that technique, by just going fast, then there's no time for that, for you to go, well, I don't like how that sentence is worded. It's like, no, just get it out. Just get the whole photograph out. It could be, excuse my French, it could be rough as guts. <laughs> is, that, is that an Australian you use in America? That's we, Australian. That's Australian, mate. That's an Australian saying. I always forget now what sayings are Australian and what are not. <laughs> it could be rough as, but that doesn't matter because you're getting it out of getting your thoughts out and you're bypassing that critical part of your brain that's criticising your work because that's a lot of, you know, we all, you, you guys are content creators. How often do we look at something? Oh, it's not good enough. You know, we yeah. should do this. Not that we all, we all, all suffer from that. I think in various degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the editing is for, right? So get yeah. it all Correct. out there and write it all down. Yeah. And all those words I wrote and that we get, didn't back. even make sense. I looked at them like <laughs> 70,000 words at one point because they time it. Then they, at the end of 15 minutes, you count the number of lines and you count the number of words on each line. And then you know how fast you've written. And he could tell by what your number was whether you were in the zone because if you're ah. faster you're in the zone if you're slower you're getting you're thinking in too the way much. You're, you're thinking too much in your brain yeah and so it was at one point i think it got up to like four thousand words an hour something like that but the key with that tool is what i see from the third party is just that it's a tool to help you gets in practice of writing, getting stuff out of your head onto paper yeah. mm-hmm. and getting that flow creating. And Julie Maya started to say that a lot of that content she created was a lot of stuff that needed to get dumped out of her head to be able to make room to write a more focused and intentional book. Yeah. So I think that's a great tool that she shared. to give you Yeah. Back. That what I found doing that exercise as well was that there was a lot of uh, that I was not aware of this, like unconscious fears holding me back from writing a book. You know, luckily they had some great coaches on on hand for that weekend. And I went out and just like, I'm really blocked and I'm this and that and talked through it. And I was able to realize that, you know, talk through some of my fears I had about getting any work published or any anything out there. And so I never actually did anything with that material that I wrote that weekend. But as Mark said, it kind of, it got enough stuff out of me that it cleared the path that when the time came to write these books, it was just like there wasn't any second guessing or judging. I mean, actually, that's there. There was there was always, there always <laughs> so that's not that's not sure, but not to the level that it was when not I did the, the other, where it was like mm-hmm. where it was very personal. I was writing a lot of personal stuff as well. Whereas this is just like well, this is you know more of a how to, yeah, more factual. It's not like a memoir or biography or anything like that. It's I uh, share some of our personal yeah, stories, still share personal experiences, to but it's to demonstrate, to demonstrate a, an right. example so that people can. Really, it's to guide people through making the right choices for them. So, yeah, but that was some tips that I found worked for me. So when we were doing this, I would put on that meditative music with my headphones and I would just 
go for it. So then I will, and it's faster. It's just more efficient because I don't think we could have pulled it off. That's an interesting, it's sort of like the stream of consciousness stuff was the cork in the bottle. Yeah, mm, yeah, analogy, that's a good Tony. way to put it. It was a good way huh. to put it for sure. Yeah. yeah, because we all have that. You're right. That self-critical. That oh, I don't. You know, blah blah. What I don't. What do I know? Or, good you know whatever Who's it is. Want to read this? They're yeah. gonna think it's crap. <laughs> so that's an interesting perspective. So I'll I'll share. Having written a little bit of stuff myself, what affects me is the oddest thing: keyboard. I have such a collection of keyboards here and it's huh. just there's only one that i like writing with interesting and it's not the one that's in his laptop so every time he's oh, writing on his God. laptop he's like i hate this keyboard i hate this I keyboard hate i am keyboard. like just <laughs> get a new computer or something um, <laughs> well it would make a difference because your posture you know a keyboard is on a laptop is very restricted it pulls your arms yeah. in and you're very tight so it just doesn't allow as much openness yeah, where point. like you know i remember having one of those ergonomic boards that are split in the middle and yeah. kind of move the keys to the side and you really open up your chest and really i found that keyboard really excellent and i can i can see totally why a keyboard would, would impact your yeah. your flow yeah i miss the old ibm keyboards those clickety uh... ones those are great but then another writer that we've talked to, Nick Russell, he speaks all his books into a recorder. So it's sort yeah. of the same stream of consciousness. And then he uses Dragon Naturally Speaking, I think. Oh, yeah. I think that's a great tool because if you could just sit and like record it. And we've been talking sometimes about bouncing ideas around. So we should just record this because it just starts coming out and then you capture it. And when you have those technologies that can translate it for you and it's pretty accurate actually it's not yeah. perfect but accurate enough to make sense of it yeah the technology has come a long way which is a great new tool for people yes yeah so yeah. I, I guess overcoming whatever that cork is in your mind mm. might be a big thing and then one of the things and i'm sure you can attest to this what's almost more important the content or marketing of it Oh, that is such a good question because I think, uh, you know, a lot of us think that, it, I mean, it is important to have, in my mind, it is important to have a quality piece, but we have the really best book standards. in the world won't go anywhere. It won't go anywhere if, if no one knows about it. About it. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. So, and there are a lot of books out there that aren't necessarily great, but they've been marketed really well and they sell a lot of them. So I think that's an excellent question. I would say, you know, I was going to say 50-50, yeah. but I'm actually starting to lean toward more more higher on the marketing side, mm. actually. Because if you can market something, you know, package it in up. Today's world, it, it's in so today's easy to world, to get the word out. If you're a really effective marketer, you can do more with it. Whereas I think in the past, it might have been more on the legs of the content. Yeah, the quality of the But, I, you know, that said, without having good content, it won't get the continued Right. Reach and support. Sure. You know, that's what sure. we like to believe is that if you have the quality content, it'll continue to live on beyond the marketing campaign. Right. Yeah. Because what now in such an online world, what do we do? We buy our books and then we'll go and do an online review. And if right. the book's 
no good, you're going to get bad reviews. And so eventually it'll end up people will lose interest and, and it, you know, you can do the research yeah. yourself online and, and read things about it. But, um, you know, word of mouth and when other people, third-party endorsements are so valuable because, you know, of course you everyone's going to say, hey, my book's great, you should read it. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when other people, and we do, I mean, we generally, not, not from an egoic point of view, but just from the point of view of just like, my gosh, this would have been so helpful when we were starting. We had so many questions and we see out there on social media the same questions you would see it too being asked every single day. Yep. What toilet paper can I use in my yeah. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, what's the best thing for that? And it's just, and what drives me a little crazy is just a little bit Groundhog Day, same thing over and over. So how can we solve a problem? Right. And I think a lot of problems and questions that people have can be easily solved by, you know, an easy sit down, have an easy read and enjoy it. And that's why we do it. But yeah, I think the marketing is definitely very important. And I think for anyone else out there that's listening, because so many people do want to write a book, it's one thing to sit down and start writing and you can really chunk that down into short blocks of time because it's hard to carve out big blocks of time for a lot of us to do these things. I mean, you could go and lock yourself away for a week and just focus on that. I think that if that suits you, or you could just say, you know, I'm going to write for an hour a day or even 15 minutes a day. And you'd mm-hmm. be surprised how quickly that adds up. And then you, you're making these daily progress steps. It's like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yes. So I think, yeah. you know, how do you write a book? You know, one paragraph at a time. So right. I think well, that's one a hack good tip. One hack at a time. Hack at yeah, time. There you go. That's right. But anyone that's thinking about doing that, also build your following online at the same time. If you don't already have one, or even if you have one, keep building it. And in fact, the audience that you have online, you know, on any social media or YouTube or blogs, you can be asking people questions or you can pay attention to the questions that they are asking to get a sense of what people are interested in. And a a girlfriend of mine years ago wrote a book. It was a personal development book. And I asked for her advice because I wanted to write a book. And she said, start a blog. And she said, just start writing in a blog because it gets you in the habit and the practice of writing and the feedback that you get from people reading it will actually help. And then that content actually becomes your book. And that's a much easier way of doing it. So I think that's another thing is like somebody can just, you could be writing up in a Word document or in Google Docs or in a journal for that matter, or you could just create a blog and just do that because it's all practice. It's all writing. And then you're getting that immediate feedback on what you're writing. Whereas a book, you've spent a year and a half, two years writing a book, and then you finally get it edited and printed and published and out there, but you haven't had the feedback. Whereas having it as a blog or, you know, or it could be anything, it could be a podcast, could be social media posts for that matter. You could just be, you know, you see a lot of long Instagram posts now, which can be like mini blog posts in themselves. And that helps you get feedback to direct what you're doing. One of the things I like about having a blog is that you can develop a mailing list and kind of develop an audience around a a property or a a space that is more yours. Yes. And so, yeah, I I think a blog is a good way to start. Absolutely. I like the idea of kind of uncorking the the genie as it were and and letting (laughs) and don't judge it you know i mean you might just even say you know what i'm going to spend a weekend i'm just going to write and write and write and it's all going to be crap and it may not be anything to do with a book that i even am going to really write you might think you're going to write a book about a certain topic and then you actually might find that once you've got a certain amount written out it's just like actually i just needed to get that out (laughs) written down that's not actually what i want to write the book about and a girlfriend of mine's written multiple books in australia and she's probably half written three books and then she's just like 
yeah, I'm not feeling it. That's yeah. not. But she still, but she loves writing. So I think if you enjoy writing, you can just write for the enjoyment of the writing. You don't even have to publish it. You know, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. Yeah. But I think a blog makes it easier because it's quick and easy and instant. You can use free platforms to get up there. And as you said, Tony, build your email list right away. And everyone listening, you know, I know everyone's big on YouTube and social media, but as Tony said, like, the email list and your own website is the only thing you truly own because right. none of us yeah. have any control of any social media platform right. changing their rules, shutting your account down or even closing for good. And it might be hard to imagine that if something like a Facebook or a YouTube, but I think nobody would have believed MySpace years ago would have been shut down. <laughs> right, exactly. So, and then, you know, you've lost that connection with your audience, but building your own email list. And honestly, the people that are going to give you their email, they're your real true loyal fans because we're very – particular we're all particular in who we give our email to yeah yeah because there's so much junk being sent to you right. every single day and mm-hmm. so to respect your audience with your email mm-hmm. which we advocate here all the time is also critical respect their time and provide value in what right. you deliver right and it's interesting because there's so many people out there with so many different interests it's like what aspect of are being you actually interested in because the kind of people that are interested in luxury motor coaches are probably different to people that are interested in truck campers. Yeah, yeah. overlanding. And yeah. Well, I mean, not campers. necessarily. You have some friends with a beautiful luxury fifth wheel and they just helped his dad buy a truck camper this weekend because their rig is so big. It's fabulous for full-time living, but for them to get into some really small places and have some adventures, they can't do that. So now they're excited because they're able to take his parents' truck camper (laughs) and do that. I'm like, well, there's the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. And it's funny. It's like, hey, Dad, you really want a truck camper or whatever. And it's like, can I borrow that? We'll help you. We'll help you. Yes, we'll help you know what to look for. And uh, actually, it's funny. They're a really funny couple. They've got – so one of the great things that we love about the RV Hacks book so many in our RV community have shared their hacks as well. And Tim and Emily Rora from Own Less Do More. Very fun couple. They've got some really funny hacks. Well, I mean, is funny in the book. And uh, they're just a fun couple. And I think that's what brings a lot of personality to is when you can have lots of different voices and things in there. Sounds good. Well, Mark and Julie, we sure appreciate your time today and giving us insights on how to write a book. Those are really some good tips on how to kind of uncork the genie that's inside of you. (laughs) And of course, you have two books. You have your online school, the website, the YouTube channel. You're you're in all the places we want to see. We're everywhere. <laughs> we're, not, we're not on TikTok. I know that's a trend right now, but it's just it's like, I can't handle another one. <laughs> so I would assume the best place to start is on rvlove.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find us in all of our links to everything from there. And there's a lot of great articles on there too that'll really help. And there's a you know search tool you can use to find some things you're looking for and things are in categories to make it easy. But yeah, you can pretty much type in RV Love and find us everywhere. And where are places that you can find your book? Well, both of the books are available pretty much everywhere. You know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Apple Books even, you know, Kindle if you like them digital. But they're in print and digital, RV Hacks, and Living the RV Life is print, digital, and now audio on audible.com. But, uh, you know, the usual, anywhere you where good books, 
books are sold and uh, there are a bunch of links on our website rvlove.com forward slash rvhacks and that links to all the various retailers where you can find it great sounds good and i encourage you to go out and buy both the books because they're both terrific they are yeah well thanks so much tony and peggy really appreciate it. it's been lovely chatting with you today you Likewise. too remember that time we followed our gps and ended up at the top of a cliff overlooking the campground <laughs> Yeah, I had to back the trailer down a mountain road. Remember the time we went on that twisty, windy road and hit our awning on a tree? Yeah, I do. But now those kinds of things aren't going to happen anymore, thanks to RV Trip Wizard. Right. RV Trip Wizard lets you plan your journeys before you go, and then use their app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate that journey. You can set parameters, such as how far you want to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of the campgrounds and places you want to go to. It all takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on StresslessCamping.com, where you can also listen to our interview with RV Trip Wizard. Wizard and learn about the whole RV life suite. Now, now that's stressless camping. All right, now I want to write a book. Yeah. Well, actually, now I'm more scared. Oh, geez. <laughs> no, actually, now what I want to do is spend 15 minutes a day just getting all those words out there and see if it turns into a book. Okay. Since there's no publisher breathing down my neck or anything. <laughs> no, that's true. Not at the moment. Where would you do something like that? Uh, you know, I want to do it all on the road. Yeah. And we know a place in Albuquerque that I think would provide me with a calming, wonderful environment to work. Me, I should have taken that left toilet at Albuquerque. <laughs> I was dying to say it the whole time I we were talking I know you were. So we have for you next... Vicki from Enchanted Trails RV Park in Albuquerque to tell us about her park and a little bit about Albuquerque. Man, you should take a left point at Albuquerque. As you know, we went through New Mexico a while back on our Route 66 trip, and we were able to stop and visit the Enchanted Trails RV Park in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we spoke to Vicki, the owner, and we didn't get to stay, unfortunately, but she did allow us to take a look around, and we promised to call and talk to her more because we were very, very impressed by the whole place. So, Vicki, welcome and thank you for spending some time with us today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I think it's important for anyone who hasn't been through your park. Well, first of all, if you're in Albuquerque, you really want to stay there. And you don't need an RV because you have several vintage trailers that people can stay in. Well, let me make a correction right off the bat. Yeah. I no longer rent them out. Okay. Oh. Yes. Unfortunately, well, or fortunately, they are quite old. They run from the early 1950s to the 60s. And because they're vintage, it's hard to find parts for them. Sure. And it's hard to make repairs and that kind of thing. And so I use them as an exhibit now. Okay. That's fine, too. One of the ones that you let us walk through was a 1959 Spartan? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes, it is. That was beautiful. And it's just so well 
not even restored, but well-maintained. It's a timepiece, and there's a lot of that at your RV park. There's collections of all kinds of stuff. I got to sit under a vintage hairdryer. That was cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you can kind of spot a collector when you see one. Right. And that is what I am. I've ended up with, I think, a total of eight vintage travel trailers. The exhibit is six of them. And they're filled with my vintage pieces that I've collected. So the Spartan that you went in, it's got, you know, a pink toilet and a pink tub mm-hmm. and a turquoise oven and all kinds of fun period pieces. Right. I wanted you to step back into 1959. Yeah, absolutely. And you did a great job of that. That was one of my favorites. Uh, you know, they all, I love them all. I love all the vintage trailers, but that... Uh, pink and turquoise, I, yeah, that gets me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like the Yellowstone. It's one of my very favorites. Oh, okay. It's just really well done. It's got pocket doors, the original wood. Of course, put down new flooring and pipes and that kind of thing. But I don't know. There's something about it. I like the colors inside. Uh, they, the old wood that they used has got this neat honey glow to it. And so uh, you can play up the ambiance by what colors you use to decorate with. Yes. Yeah. I like that. That kind of. birch <laughs> wood that's in a lot of those vintage RVs. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I wish they'd bring that back. I love that look. Yeah, it right. is really, really nice. And then you also have quite a collection of curios, including a Tonka Winnebago, which is, which is something I've had since I was a kid. But how did you come to collect so many things? It is. It's walking through time there. Right. You know, I wanted people to feel like they would come home or uh, feel comfortable like they'd come home or maybe gone to grandma's home. Mm -hmm. And so I I did just collect all kinds of things. I have an extensive collection of vintage trailer toys. Yeah. So I've got those in the windows. And some of them are quite old. There's all kinds of fun things. You mentioned the hair dryer. I've got old televisions, old radios, even old click-clack sofas in oh. the hall. Oh, wow. Just all kinds of fun things. I'm, an, I'm a junker and an antique shopper, and <laughs> I find things, and I was like, oh, I have to have that. Right. Wait, so, wait, what? Now, what know. is a click-clack sofa? Well, your grandparents probably had one. They were naugahyde couches. If you took the back of the couch and pulled it forward, then it would make this click, clack sound, and it would lay down like it was a bed. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what those are then. My sure, grandparents sure. did have one. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's did. Isn't it fun? <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's a neat walk through time. But there's another item on your property yes. that caught my attention and it doesn't have to <laughs> right. be Christmas. I know exactly what you're talking yes, you about. Yes, you do. Yes, and it took me three years to collect a quantity of vintage hubcaps. And actually, if you're a car guy, it's actually called the wheel cover, but I call them hubcaps. Yeah. I needed the old metal ones and we created an 18-foot hubcap tree. It's phenomenal. And it really is awesome. And you can drive all the way around it. So I invite the local car clubs and that kind of thing 
up to visit, and they they park in front of the tree and take pictures. That's what we did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep. You, 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 when we were there, you said you're not going to want to miss this, yeah, and you I said, am. Don't miss it. Yeah, Make I sure am you a go. car guy. And so mm, I, I was looking at oh, there's a caddy, there's a Plymouth, there's a Rambler. I mean, it was it right. was really neat. There's all kinds of them. They're fun, and and we put solar lights on it, so at night it lights up. <laughs> nice. It's kind of fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and then the rest of the park, I mean, aside from the fact that you have all this vintage stuff that's really fun to see, your park is beautiful and, and seemed, like I said, we didn't get to stay, but looked like very well maintained and a place that I would love to stay for, well, for several days so I could explore yeah. all that vintage stuff. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, we've got an old barn in the back that's got old signs all over it and uh, you know, there's an old gas pump laying around, and I've got a couple of Hudsons. Nice. Wow. The majority of our park is all um, pull-through sites, so you have your standard RV park stuff, your mm-hmm. 50 amps, your 30 amps, your pull-throughs, and, you know, your full hookups. And we have everything that you need. Yes. Wi-Fi and nice restrooms and propane on the property. But there's a lot here just to look at and kind of little eye candy, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you don't have to go anywhere just to see cool stuff. You even have next door, if I remember right, there was an RV parts store. Our propane shop, he's got parts and such, but we are next door to a camping world. Oh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I got my new rocking chair. It is. <laughs> there you go. So then do you work with Camping World when they sell an RV and they have them come over and visit you for a couple days in case they have any problems? Yes, absolutely. Excellent. That's always... They're good neighbors. Excellent. That's very good to know. Now, how did you get in the RV park owning space? My father-in-law purchased the park back in the mid-80s, but he didn't run the park. He just bought it. After a a bit, he needed a, a bookkeeper. So I actually just hired on as the bookkeeper. Ah. Then, you know, after a while, I was the one that wanted to be here. The other partners involved in the, the enterprise really weren't interested, and okay. nobody wanted to work here. So little by little, I just bought them all out. Nice. <laughs> I wonder if they got the hint as you started to bring your stuff, or did that happen after you? <laughs> no, I... No, <laughs> I definitely waited until I had bought the last partner out before I really started bringing in my toys. Excellent. I didn't enjoy having to ask people if I could hang things on the wall or if we could put in some more picnic tables or, you know, all those things. And so I don't have to ask anyone now. That's right. Just the bank account, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) As Peggy said, it's a beautiful place and it's right there in Albuquerque. So there's some... Pretty cool stuff around there as well, I'd imagine. Absolutely. We actually sit on Route 66, and it goes the entire length of Albuquerque. It's the longest stretch of Route 66 that's left. I'm sorry, longest urban stretch. And so if you just follow east into town, you come upon some really great properties to enjoy and look at. Of course, Old Town is real close. The architecture and the old structures uh, have all been saved in Albuquerque. So there's, there's a lot of neon. There's a lot of 
great places to visit and shop. So sounds like we need to spend, I don't know, a month, two months, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> Plan on a little time. You know, I always giggle to myself when people come in and they say, is there anything to do in Albuquerque? Uh. Well, I get a little bit of a snicker there. Yeah. You know? Well, I think we'll use this space to make an announcement. We can not only bring our modern trailer, but as of today, we bought a 1970 Aristocrat. So that might be what oh, we tow. That could be. Oh, how fun. That could come stay there, not in the too distant future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, how fun. You will really enjoy playing with it. Yes. And of oh, course, yeah. it's an ongoing thing. You oh, know right. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in some ways, so are modern trailers. <laughs> You're right. But You're yeah, right. this was too good to pass up. Oh, good. So most of the things that we've talked about are year round. You know, there's no seasonality. I'm not sure if the weather is conducive to visiting all year round, or do you get big snowstorms that would keep us away? Or <laughs> You know, the weather here is actually kind of nice. It's a year round. It does get chilly in the winter, and it will get cold now and then, but we maybe have two or three snowstorms, and it usually melts by noon. Okay. So oh, that's my kind of snow. We think of snow as being a spectator event. Okay. That's, you, you have my vote on that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, you know, you still have a winter coat on, and some mornings you're wearing gloves and a hat. But it's not bad. We do get people that just spend the winter with us. Okay, great. Interesting. And then is there something people get to your area and, you know, you kind of wish, man, I wish they had seen that. Is there something that people tend to miss when they come to Albuquerque? You know, we have actually 18 Indian Pueblos in the state. Oh. And you, you can't hit them all. They really are something to go and visit. And in Albuquerque, there's the old Chemo Theater. There's the uh, longest aerial tramway in the country is right here. Oh. And you ride it up to the top of the mountain. You can actually have dinner up there on the top. And you can see the spectacular lights of the city at, in the evening. Wow. And um, there's, there actually is a lot to do here. Of course, we have the casinos and that sort of thing, but there's certainly a lot more to do than that. And I would guess, as somebody who enjoys eating, your Tex-Mex might be the most famous thing? Well, you know, in Tex-Mex is in Texas. Oh. We have, ours is New Mexican cuisine. Okay. And okay. it really is far better. and we're a real foodie town we really are as far as our uh, population goes we have a lot of restaurants so you can enjoy all the uh, green chili and sopapillas and enchiladas and chili relleno that you are getting in the car right now (laughs) (laughs) why did i unhook the aristocrat we should just have hauled it right out there I can't wait to come out. And so I know that there's the Balloon Festival in Albuquerque, and that's in October, like the beginning of October, right? Right. It runs nine days. It always starts that first weekend in October. So I imagine that's a very, very busy time for you and the entire state, basically. (laughs) You're right. A million people come in for that event every year. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So traffic is a concern that time of year, but sure. but we so enjoy it. I think we're on our 48th year. Wow. Something wow. like that now. Something like that. That's fantastic. Jason and Abby in their See America podcast just did an episode about that. So we'll link to that as well. Okay. Oh, there you go. They talk all about it. And it was interesting. When Vicki and I were talking, she told me that she usually books up for a balloon festival maybe two years in advance. So if you're going to go to balloon festival, start thinking about it now for a couple years away. But Vicki, is there a time that would be easier to get in that we can, <laughs> we can maybe consider coming? Oh, absolutely. We're very busy in the fall and then in the spring. But, you know, just so you give us a call even a day or two ahead, we can get you in somewhere. Okay. You know, Balloon Fiesta is a different story. Sure. But everyone leaves Arizona when it gets hot, and they all come through Albuquerque. And so this is like the first major stop. So that keeps us real busy March, April, and May. Mm -hmm. But we can still find you something if you give us a call. Great. Good to know. That sounds great. And like I said, I can't wait to come back. Unfortunately, our schedule means that Albuquerque would happen right during Balloon Fiesta, which would be great to see this year. But we probably will have to stay somewhere else and drive in for the day (laughs) to check it out. There you go. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, you know, it's like don't go to Disneyland on well, sure. June 17th because yeah. <laughs> that's anniversary day. Yeah. There you go. And the same thing. I don't know if I'd want to go there when there's a million people around, but I'd certainly want to come on the shoulder season. Yeah, and, absolutely. And just, just sure. even just spend time looking at the cool things in the park. Right. Well, you're more than welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to start looking at the calendar and figure out when we can get there outside of the first week of October. Yep. (laughs) And we will definitely make that happen. Yeah. And thank you so much for your time and also for just putting together such a memorable and cool place. Yeah. We we loved it. Well, that makes me feel good. We must have succeeded at something. (laughs) I think so. Well, thank you, Vicki. We will keep in touch and wish you success and happiness in, in your endeavors. Sounds like you're doing what you love. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your call. Hope to see you again soon. Very you soon. You will. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm, I am too. Even though I know we're going to get there right when Bloomfest is happening and it's going to be really crowded... I'm still looking forward to going. Yeah, I want to go too. We've been, as we said, we've seen the park. We haven't stayed there, but we're going to fix that problem. Yeah, I definitely want to stay at the park. I definitely want to spend some time in Albuquerque. I think this is Albuquerque. A, this is a place that could really uh, uh, could really be a place I like. Uh oh. <laughs> so what if we're at one of those campgrounds and someone asks us if we can loan them our sewer hose to dump their black tank it was a question that came up on various social media sites we made it last week's question of the week would you loan someone your stinky slinky i was really surprised at the number of people that said yes well it's not like it's i don't know yeah okay i was too it was overwhelmingly yes which means you guys are a bunch of really kind folks and i appreciate that i do appreciate that and you are happy campers and my philosophy is you're not gonna use it for anything but eliminating waste anyway i just don't see the problem with 
someone else's waste going through it. Right. I, I mean, hopefully they run the gray tank afterwards and some flush and, and it's as clean as you lent it to them. So Right, right. Yeah. Hey, so thinking of Mark and Julie's book, RV Hacks, what's your best hack? Yeah. What is your best hack? That's the question for this week. And bonus question. Is it in the book? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you can answer that on our fun and friendly Facebook group. And that group is called the, the Stressless, Stressless Camping, Camping Podcast. Podcast Facebook group. Indeed. Ooh, man. <laughs> we got that one in one take. Yay. I guess. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, we're, we're almost professionals. Almost. Did you know we did a once a week newsletter and it's absolutely free? It is absolutely free. All you have to do is go to stresslesscamping.com. The first time you're there, it'll pop up and ask you if you want to subscribe. And if you forget, then just go to the bottom of any page and you can find a subscription button. Yeah, it's absolutely free and we will never share your email address or anything with anybody else. No, we do not share it. We just use it for a once a week reminder to listen to the podcast. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and we also have other news that we found, RV-related news from all over the world, and share that with you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, we are in all the social places, but you can start at StresslessCamping.com, where you can jump off and follow us as you will. Right. But before you leave, don't forget to visit our Deals and Discounts page. You'll find the discounts and deals you want for all the things to make camping stressless. Oh, that's good. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free. It's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Yeah, that virtual campfire that's made out of a fan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and did you know that a review will help others find this podcast? And the more listeners we have, the better the guests continue to be. That's right. So thank you again for all of your reviews. It's really helping us it move has up helped the us ranks. Tremendously, and we really appreciate your reviews. Yeah, and the more we distribute, the more discounts and deals and guests and all. It, it, it works in everybody's favor. Yep. So it's kind of cool. Win, win, win. Yeah, winner, winner. Chicken, Chicken dinner. dinner. <laughs> all right, well, thank you again for your time with us this week. We hope, as usual, you got some value out of it. Do you have a book in you? Who knows? Anyway, all the best to you and happy camping. camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!